fucking the internet <laughs> with the microphone. That was great. That should be a deleted scene for the podcast. But okay. hey, just uh, let's just open with that. But I'd also like to say, what's that, Henry? Podcast like lightning. Oh yes. It's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast of me, Henry Gilbert. Oh, cursed game apocalypse <laughs> messing with my levels. <laughs> That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. I'll say it again. Check, check. Hi. N-E-R-E-Y-G. What up, Hank? Hey, and it's a two-for duo. God, I I just rip off everything from Comedy Bang Bang. I listen to it too much. That's a a term for a two-man podcast on Comedy Bang Bang. Sorry, guys. Don't tell me I'm a rip-off artist. You know, it's just we all know. Dude. We all know. Yeah. Um, uh, did we, hey, we, Chris Antista, co-star, and we also will have another special guest on in the next segment. Mm. Oh boy! Oh, you're so special. Oh, we boy. have to save it. And boy, also, what an exciting weekend we had doing secret things. I don't this want to spoil true. just yet for our listeners, but boy, and that it's something that like is sort of comic book related indeed we yeah. have a cast member from captain america winter soldier coming on next yeah, week's laser time let's put it like a yep <laughs> you guys have the secret preview right here and some and, and other people coming uh, just yep. saying uh, not not it's, not tipping the hat just yet it's really exciting here mm-hmm. at the laser time podcast network mm-hmm. i feel so weird i'd never wear a beanie but like i didn't looks good on you brother. my hair looks weird my hair looked weird today and i was just like oh, i'm just gonna wear it like that it's such a <laughs> that doesn't sound like me at all nope like, None of that, nothing that you just said. Caring about appearance? Like, what? Calm down, fruitcake. All right. Um, <laughs> wait, so some quick opening remarks I wanted to mention. What is that, Hank? Uh, was there was this really cool hashtag. This isn't a what you've been reading thing, but mm-hmm. um, there was this really cool hashtag out there called Gamer... No, I can't. No. The, the, this cool hashtag uh, called Four Comics. Uh, now, spelled F-O-U-R, comics. Yeah. And uh, it's something I'm seeing a lot of comic professionals do, and I got in on it too, and and lots of regular folks are, and they're four comics that got you into comics. That like, sounds like a good question of the week. The four, okay, yeah, we'll <laughs> save that. Keep that in mind, guys. That's preview the question <laughs> of the week. But uh, but yeah, I answered it. It was just really cool to be like, what were like, what are the four comics that stand out in my mind as the first four I read, mm-hmm. and then getting the pictures of them and tweeting them out, like tweeting mm. the four comics together. And I actually broke the rules because it was more, I did the four stages of my comic fandom because I had like, okay, here's the first four that basically from 1991 to 1993, mm-hmm. this is what got me into comics. And then I did the next four, which were, these were the grown up comics that I really, superhero comics that I really got into Watchmen mm. year one, Batman year one. And then mm. the next one was four comics that taught me they don't even have to be about superheroes mm-hmm. and four of those. And it was just cool to get the single issue covers and like it was it was a neat thought experiment to just mm-hmm. explore. Like these were the four that really got me. Like mm-hmm. it was it was really cool. Look into that hashtag, guys. It's it uh, it was neat to see like creators like Dan Slott getting into it and and some of them were just like these are the first four comics I wrote or drew. Oh neat. So these are the first four comics I wet my ass with. Am I right, yo? What up, right, um, ladies? Right, ladies. I, I, I'm trying to pick a comic to slander, but I couldn't. Um, There's nothing I dislike. I don't know. Archie meets. I love Archie. Did you know? Yeah, I'm actually more into Archie now than mm-hmm. ever. I listened to um, Jim Ross was actually on like the Marvel Comics podcast, their what? official podcast. What's he writing over there? <laughs> well, he was just talking about like Jim Ross was such a nerd. Like he's a nerd that loves jock things, but isn't a jock. Really? 
But he was talking about like, oh yeah, as a kid, and I used to read Superman comics all the time, oh, and man. and then he said that like reading Archie comics was like his sexual awakening. Uh, like, I've said that a billion times. Yeah. You don't care. Well, that's why I identify with Jughead. <laughs> I was just like, ah, Jughead. <laughs> Jughead doesn't seem. He was. I think that's when they Weird. In, when they introduced Kevin Keller as yeah. the gay kid. Mm-hmm. His best friend at the start was Jughead, mm-hmm. and I think it was because that was them recognizing like. If you weren't straight, if you weren't a straight guy, a guy and you wanted a character to relate to, relate to, then Jughead kind of was it because he just wasn't interested in women. Sometimes he, he was but written. He, had, he was paired up with a woman. Yeah. I remember her name, but she was, she was written Archie Ugly and that her hair was short. No, she's, she's, is she also has buck teeth. It's a, the, the relationship between him and, uh, I want to say Midge, but no, Midge, no, Midge is, is Moose's, Midge is Moose's gal, gal who's, mm. who's a real looker. But, uh, Stay at a river yes, Mitch is a beautiful woman. Uh, but, Love you, Mitch. Call me. But yeah, that in the old days, Jughead used to be written as a woman hater. Like, it was like, Dames, mm. who needs them? That was his character. Yeah, you and me, Arch, will sit here, we'll eat and jerk off forever. <laughs> and now he just sounds like one of those red pill MRA guys. Like, if he's written like that. So. And I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that uh, there is no new culture, fashion-wise, being developed at all. Mm-hmm. It's just people rediscovering things. We're just about to get rid of the fedora. It's, <laughs> it's time is almost over. But the Jughead crown, well, the crown was an actual was, thing yes. during the time. It was a cut-up fedora. Like, it, it, or, it, at the time that comic was written, was a thing that people would buy and wear. Mm-hmm. That thing is going to have its renaissance. It'll Mark be, my words, <laughs> Henry. Then we can, I think it's cool you can put pins in it. Too. Exactly. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> all right. What else have you been reading? I wish I was Nothing. reading the. Uh, isn't Archie versus Predator starting now? Hasn't that? Started? Oh, I don't know. I think so. I'm still. I'm just waiting for the Archie reboot. You've been by... warned. I'm out of the loop this week, but I have. I have something I want to do in the second segment. Okay. Well, I've read a lot, um, but all stuff you wouldn't expect from me mm-hmm. is in. There's technically no superhero stuff in this list, and certainly no Marvel. Mm-hmm. I know this is called the Marvel Podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, so the big one for me this week was Saga Volume Four. I finally, oh, I finally got around to reading it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I almost, I almost was ready. Just like even reading six issues in time of Saga sure. I was like, that's not enough. I want, I want to, I should lay off and just wait till they have a. Conversely, it was also at the point of like, for me, is this going anywhere? I think it is going somewhere. Okay, I do. I don't. It's not like I'm okay. So I'm not okay with it lasting forever. Actually, no, no I'm not. I don't want it to last forever either. But I but, don't know what the resolution is because it isn't tech. Well, and that's way, kind of story. The, it usually ends with those characters' deaths. It's being written. Well, they then this is established in the first issue. Mm-hmm. The narrator is the main character. Is yes. the girl grown up? Mm-hmm. So. That being the case, they know what their end is, seemingly, to a, to a degree. Do and they're they? writing to that point. They, I think so. When last I read, they were visiting an author that they were a fan of. <laughs> they go somewhere with that, I promise you. They go, it, it, I did not dislike it at all. He writes it in... He, Brian K. Vaughn writes it in six-issue chunks that make sense there. And mm-hmm. they work... They're basically like mini-films. And... He has some real interesting twists with characters that are just like, wow, I didn't expect this character mm-hmm. to do this. That's a cool that's a cool turn. All right, but so, yeah, Volume 4 of Saga, mm-hmm. just still great, still awesome. Also has, like, hmm. it has one of the most shocking, like, images of just, just what they, they put in there, mm-hmm. of just, like, they put in dicks, they don't care. They put, mm-hmm. in, they put in porn, they don't care. They're like, 
They put in a birthing scene, like just. Oh God! They have the one, oh, you know. They have that. I think every issue is a full page page splash is the first page. Mm-hmm. A crowning head Jesus. is one of those Spo- spoilers. Yeah. But I cannot believe that is. It's implied that that'll happen to everybody with a vagina. Yeah. Well, it's that such, is that is why it's violation. natural. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be disgusting. It is. It's not that it's it disgusting. Natural. It just looks. It looks painful in any. If if you put that. That crowning thing mm-hmm. on every any other orifice in the body, it would be a horror movie. Well, Di- yeah, I think our our good buddy Diana Goodman, mm-hmm. uh, and she uh, she brought up this um, was a joke she had heard that said people shouldn't balls should not mean strong and pussy should mean weak. Balls are super weak. You mm-hmm. can get hit in the balls, you're in terrible pain, while vagina can take. Like all this shit happening to it what? with a baby, and it's still strong. Like a, a, a vagina is strong, balls are nothing. But what if like, that is exactly what the turn of phrase implies? I mm-hmm. say, as the devil's advocate, please don't fucking email me. Uh, what if it implies the balls you wear outside? You're literally wearing them on the sleeve of your your dick. They're outside the whole time. A pussy is internal. Doesn't come out of the house very often. Doesn't have much to do outside. <laughs> Stays within the confines of safe, the safety of the body. The balls got to be out there all the time, weathering the elements, dealing with shit. I appreciate you playing devil's advocate. I tried. I don't. I didn't read anything this week. That's not obvious. Well, I also, at the suggestion of our readers, mm-hmm. I uh, from last week's Star Wars talk, mm-hmm. they were all talking up. Several of them talked up Darth Vader and the Ghost Prison. What the fuck is that? And how does that? It's how mini- that possibly be good? It actually is. Like, <laughs> no, I, I was getting it, that. So it is. Uh, it takes place between. We covered it some last episode, but it's a Darth Vader centric story that takes place between episodes three and episode four in the mm-hmm. uh, uh, creation of the Empire, and it's a like a coup attempt is made on the Emperor, and it's told through the eyes of a very interesting character. That like the type. It's a type of storytelling you're not used to in the Star Wars universe of just. Mm-hmm. We're getting very close and personal with a flawed character, and you're seeing Vader through his eyes. And Vader is the like he's the I guess the narrator is the main character, but Vader's in it a whole lot. Like it's not it's not one of those things of like uh, this guy sees Vader like three times, and that was the coolest <laughs> day of his life. Like no, he's he is the witness to a very tough day in Darth Vader's life, and it's just a very cool dark thing, and it's it puts Vader in a realm of vulnerability you're not used to and also like technically the empire is a good guy like you're rooting for the empire because they're they're kind of in trouble from this cool uh, they've been weakened they've been hobbled yeah. especially the emperor like mm-hmm. so it's a really neat book i give up on finding my darth vader soundboard holy shit um uh, and then there were two manga i started reading uh one punch man started up that again mm-hmm. and i found out something interesting i don't know if you've experienced this with manga on uh, comiXology but mm-hmm. it's a very Japanese thing I was not surprised at all about it that they don't allow guided view that, oh they don't at least on this one they they made a note when I started up it's just like you can't turn on guided view with this you just have to look at the whole page that's how we want to do it and it totally takes me back to just hearing like the creators in a good way of manga oh. have so much control over it that yeah. why did that take so long <laughs> When, the, what, Henry, there's no guided view? No! I think it's just that the manga, the manga artists don't want... They're like, they don't like it. And they have the ability to go like, this is... Guided view is the wrong way to read my work. Full page or nothing. 
But fortunately, you know, manga pages can be so simple, they are not half as packed as, a, as an American That's comic true. book. That's so, true. There are fewer panels. Yeah, there's fewer, fewer panels, bigger panels, fewer huh. word balloons. Oh, yeah. I guess if, you, if you're thinking of guided view, the zoom could get really artifacty and weird. Yeah. And One Punch Man is, of, it's like, it's very simply, mm-hmm. very simple dialogue, mm-hmm. too. So it's just, it's a bunch of fun sight gags and, and storytelling. So it, it works great with no guy to view, but it was interesting that they just had this rule of like, nope, no guy to view, like, can't do it. Uh, and then the other manga I read, which is not available digitally, I had to buy a book. Right. But I am super getting into it. It is uh, called, <laughs> it's called Pluto. Yeah. And I, I had just uh, uh, this is great. Uh, I had just recently heard about Pluto mm-hmm. through um, not a planet anymore. Yeah, it, it's a, it became a manga. It's been downgraded from planet to manga. Uh, but it was pointed out by I don't know how to stop it. <laughs> it was named by Chris Sims at Comicsology as mm-hmm. his favorite uh, manga of like the last decade. Really? Um, all right. So Pluto, you've heard of. The Mighty Adam, Tetsuan Adam, uh, I will, uh, Astro Boy. I will say my girlfriend is lovely and she deals with all my Disney love and bullshit. Mm-hmm. And on in one week, she referred to Pluto as Yellow Dog <laughs> and Goofy as Skull Guy. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? I'm so mad. I'm like, it was. I do not get that kind of nerd rage. <laughs> Yellow Dog. He's Orange and the other skull guy is also a dog. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So Pluto is a the comic is a sci-fi book inspired by like that is a modern day or modern interpretation of Mighty Adam. Mm-hmm. So with the like it's done as a tribute to Osama Tezuka, the creator and god of manga, Kami no manga in Japan. Mm-hmm. And it's by no- Naoki Urasawa. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it correctly, Naoki Urasawa. Who, in case you didn't know, he is the he created Twentieth Century Boys, like the my oh, yeah, favorite yeah. manga I've read yeah. in a very long time. Like huh. it is like lost but good. That's what it is. Is it, is it that well, means it's not on comicsology? Uh I don't think it is. Mm. But what I loved about Twentieth Century Boys, when I say it's like lost, it's not mm-hmm. that they're all trapped on an island. Mm-hmm. It's that past and present exist concurrently, kind of, and they're just They'll spend whole issues like, I remember this thing, or this is this memory that got me to this place. Flashbacks are just used so constantly in it. They're, Billy, they're all little Billy Pilgrims? Uh, no. a nice little Vonnegut reference for you people out there. Read your Vonnegut. But it's just uh, like, yeah, there's just a lot. It's about childhood, and it's about growing up as a child of the, of the 60s in Japan, which, like, you would think you'd have no touchstones for that, but it makes it feel very real. Like, But that's that 20th century. Sorry. Yes, but that's 20th century boys. Blue, Pluto is it is like a down to earth. I guess if you were to say if they were to make a uh, a Dark Knight mm-hmm. version, a uh, Christopher Nolan Dark Knight version of Mighty Adam, like that's grounded mm-hmm. and real and with realistic characters, that's what Pluto would be. Mm-hmm. And the art is amazing. Like Urasawa is just he's the bee's knees. I love that guy. Favorite favorite mangaka. Right now. I have not read any manga since we started this show. Well, I know our good buddy Triscuitable mm-hmm. would love us to read JoJo. Like, I know that Triscuitable is a big fan of JoJo. If I'm not reading the comics I do want to read right now, and I don't know, I, won't, I might not have some have that kind of time. I need to I need to read JoJo. I, but, but so those were the only four I read this week because there was no issue of Spider-Verse, so I didn't read it. 
Impressive. Oh, thank you. Most impressive. So long. Fuck. Uh, but you are not a Jedi. Um. Yet. Uh. Like. Well, I was. Uh, I. I stopped. I, I'm not saying this is a threat, but I stopped making those Japan videos because, like, they took were taking too long, and like nobody seems to give a fuck. Uh, I gave so, a fuck. Th- everybody was very complimentary who actually bothered to watch them, uh, but mm. they nope. Like, not a not a, not even a fifth of the people who listen to our shows ever watched one of them. Uh, so, I so I've been writing a lot more. And that means uh, a lot, a lot of research. And uh, well, I guess I don't want to tease that too early, but we'll do something in the next segment over something I'm trying to write as we speak. Uh, but uh, what what I I did pick up because I was I did some cleaning and I found again it reminded me of a news story that's not technically comic related, but I'll, I can steer it in that direction. Okay. Um, well, the, you know, we have a packed second half. I uh, I we also do. we do want to talk about. I wanted to f- oh, yeah, talk about okay. Fantastic Four trailer. Sure, but this is now, also but, okay, other, you, other movie news. Yeah, let's. The, uh, they finally announced the cast to the new Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, and uh, I was like, holy shit, that's really great. And in my opinion, I am an SNL nerd. Mm-hmm. That is the exact same quotient of SNL cast members. Yeah. That's that's what I would say. I for uh, I you look at it and you say this is a traditional cast yes. of Ghostbusters in that it's two people from SNL no, and a three. black person. Well, it's three people from SNL <laughs> and a black person. But like, the black person's from SNL. I'm just saying how it's similar <laughs> to the Ghostbusters cast. I didn't see that's that. All. Melissa McCarthy is Ernie Hudson this time. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and I haven't. I've been. I have been writing a ton and like we've been preparing a ton of episodes. Got a lot of special guests coming up. Don't want to plug too much. Uh, so I was kind of out of it, and then Grimm was sending me like these reactions to the Ghostbusters casting, and I've never been the type of person like, yeah, you're a fan of something. I understand being critical and like, but I mean, being fans is kind of what we do, and I know? hate like, like we the, like things. I'm sure there's Gawker articles like misogynist attack casting news. I'm like, I'm sure they're not all misogynist, but I I don't. This is one of those areas where like, yeah, I don't see any other other way here, like because you clearly want another film. Mm-hmm. There's no way another film would exist. I, I tweeted one is dead, and the another really I doesn't tweeted, want to do it. Please, because Grim was sending me these. It's insane, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. No one. I don't think anybody listening to the show is in that camp. But it was. It was like, please forward all your complaints to Bill Murray, Rick Moranis, and Harold Ramis's corpse, because those are going to be holdouts for this whatever Ghostbusters movie you <laughs> wish that would happen. And if you would like uh-huh. to see what the Ghostbusters movie made today would look like, there's a scene in Ghostbusters 2 where Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd dance at a birthday party to the Ghostbusters theme, and that is what the movie would look like. Yeah, You it, don't it, want it that. It seemed sad in that scene 20 yes. years ago. Yes, like, and it would, it would, the movie would conclude. I the love when they demanding He-Man, the, yes, He-Man. He-Man. You would rather see He-Man than that. Because that was what was more popular than Ghostbusters then. I, I just I I was kind of blown away by it. Like, mm. if you want another movie, I, like the only thing. Well, I'm like, like Paul Feig is the Ivan Reitman of today. Yes, like, he is. Like he's the exact right person to if hire. If you're for really that. looking at it, like this is glorious. Yeah, and this is them taking Ghostbusters very seriously. And it wasn't that like Bill need, Murray doesn't want to do it, guys. He it needs doesn't. to be an all woman cast. Like, no, but that's at least interesting because it's. Yeah. It, it's. I thought it was like, what is your problem here? It's dishonest. <laughs> if the cast was Seth Rogen, James Franco, mm-hmm. Jonah Hill, and Mike Michael Sarah, or I don't know, so their one black guy they have in every movie, like 
That would have been boring. Forgettable like, and moderate disaster. That's yeah. how I predict it. Yeah. Uh, this is this is weird and interesting. And like, mm. and they're like, my child. God, Grim sent me this image of the, uh, the ghost flipping somebody off. I wanted off. to believe it was a parody. Like, I really did. I didn't I, want I to believe somebody insane. could take it that seriously. It's about my child. And like, what if your childhood has been touched by this in the slightest? Yeah. In the slightest. Like, your childhood is completely intact. And you have one not-so-great Ghostbusters movie with the same cast. And, and there was and the Ghostbusters a, game you did the play. three or four movies that are in the game that you probably didn't play with the original cast. Yeah. And also, like, were you this angry about every other reboot that was... Like, well, did you get this angry about The Land of the Lost? Here's, here's the thing I, I'm taking, like, because they're like, I don't want it rebooted with all women I'm like well I don't want it rebooted either but there's there's like, absolutely no reason you need to reboot that universe in the slightest and if yeah. any if anything why would they reboot it even if Bill Murray doesn't want to come on for this one there's a chance mm. he'd come on for another one yeah. they want these they want it to seem like the same universe it, they're just because what the Ghostbusters are are smart janitors <laughs> who can constantly be replaced with things yeah. and yeah. I bet they'll be in the same building in the same universe, we're going to see... And they were all Slimer made cameos. Or Onion They'll Head. be in it. There will be cameos. Like, that to me seems glorious. And, like, as yeah. far as, like, dream casting for a new team of four Ghostbusters, this mm-hmm. is pretty fucking sweet. But, I mean, you don't want to see Dan Roy... Dan Who is it? Like Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy... Uh, and then two people... Les- two current SNL cast members. I can't remember their names. Oh, no, it's... Uh, oh, I love her. Kate McKinnon. Uh, oh, that's right. And one of the new newer featured players. I'm sorry, I, don't, I haven't kept up on the show... That's Tony's territory. We got a weekly SNL article at LaserTimePodcast.com. I'm going to pull up the names real quick. Um, it's Leslie. Uh, no, isn't it? Nope. No, Leslie it's not Nope. nope. Nor no. Leslie Mann. Um, they did an episode of Conan O'Brien in Minecraft. But yeah, I think they said they wanted to. Um, but the, the, what I was going to say, what you may want, because everybody wants another Ghostbusters movie. Everybody. No one's saying, just leave it alone. No, you know that's fertile ground for other things. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to see Vankman, Zedmore, Ray, Stans, I'm trying to get all the characters' name right, uh, Egon, there's a current a, a running comic from IDW that is pretty fucking great. Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. That you can go to any time. There's a Ghostbusters IDW comic with those characters, a la their real Ghostbusters appearance. Mm-hmm. It, it's totally fun. And if I you, know, I, but I want to. I'm, that's what I'm steering it towards. Towards a comic conversation. If you want to get mad about the casting, there's there's one universe these characters live forever, being yeah, Ghostbusters, I, and they're in comics, and you can't not care about that and still complain. So you know that I'm an insufferable liberal. You know this about me. I am Chris. too. Yeah, but and you like, I just I don't want to believe that this. Is there that people are more angry than they were with say Transformers or TMNT? I don't, I don't know if that's the than case. They, than they were than they are with this. Like maybe they are as angry, but it it is it feels uh, maybe it's easier to just see like well it's all women. I think that's part of why you're angry. Like you were still. You weren't. Why aren't you as mad at like Transformers? Like literally shits all over everything you love about Transformers. Other than Peter Cullen is still. I still want to defend these people as like not like uh, bloodthirsty misogynists. Yeah, this is a new version of the movie, and that kind of casting is weird. Mm -hmm. And and if you hadn't read any news up until now, because Paul Feig, the director of Bridesmaids, bringing over half the cast of Bridesmaids, uh, Mm -hmm. has been attached to this for almost a year. 
And every and he had said he wanted an all female cast. So like I assumed you knew, uh, but even if you didn't, it is it's jarring. I guess it could be jarring to hear. It is radically different than what you've seen before. But then like the same people, I was seeing a ton of love for Extreme Ghostbusters, which is the same concept of like yeah. new a new, new team, hires. same universe. Well, is that they just had a token woman on there and a token wheelchair guy? What if the what if in the movie they have a token guy? Just like give him one line. <laughs> He'll be he the re- represents all men. Here's my and- prediction. You ready? Uh, John Hamm will be the receptionist. He will take the Annie Potts role. And he'll say three lines. Yes. Be, he'll be, I love that with John Hamm. Like, and he'll totally do it. That he just shows up like, I'll be a joke. I'm John Hamm. I don't care. Because uh, what's the story? Like he, he grew up as like a non-working he, actor who just went to comedy shows all the time. While living in L.A., killing time in between acting jobs. Mm-hmm. Like he would just go to $5 comedy shows and befriend all the comedians. Mm-hmm. And now he's famous and can help all his comedy friends. And, does, and, and literally goes out of his way to not be in garbage and take small roles in his friend, yeah. in his funny friendship. But like, yeah, John Hamm is bold. Great. And also like he's married to an artsy lady. Not, they're not like, married. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's how artsy he is. Yeah. Doesn't it, believe in marriage. It's so funny that he, a gossip has, show. that he has come to represent <laughs> like, to some people he represents like this is 60s manliness good, like this a, is old school but when manliness. In, in the reality is he represents the new manliness yeah that he want that he's a he should a be a part of the new manliness he's a progressive dude mm-hmm. and he's not married to the lady and he just wants to do nice things mm-hmm. and yet he's you know he still has a huge cock and, that's and he like, says i god he said like really do you have to do that <laughs> yeah. i mean i'm not going to say like oh i feel terrible but like why would anybody <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> he also like walks around wearing a uh, t-shirt. It's a podcast. Yes. It's like, man, if he could just wear our podcast yeah. t-shirt. Well, who knows? If we could just befriend John Hamm and be like, you know, there's a free t-shirt. If you want to wear it, we'll walk in your dog. And- I think he's a, he's a great man. Mm-hmm. Very attractive, too. But I can only imagine him hitting me. <laughs> uh, why so- is that? Is that my, what my self-worth is at? <laughs> So, uh, all right. La- the last thing I'll say on the Ghostbusters topic mm. is read the IDW comic. It's fucking yeah. good, and I think you should be more concerned about behind the camera than mm-hmm. in front of it too. Mm-hmm. Like I think Paul Feig it's fucking is great. not is the the first person you hire for this. Like he yeah. is exactly right that he can also and and really if you want to look at Ghostbusters, like it is a it is a great film, so great, mm-hmm. but. It is not easy, buddy. It is a very uneven film. If nah. you're going to be, it's just scene to scene. Like they, like Ernie Hudson just joins. They were able to edit down Ernie Hudson into nothing. That's in that fine. Film. But I, but that's fine because I because now that I know all the scenes that were shot and things mm-hmm. were in the script, I the movie does seem like I am getting a very truncated version of what I feel in my heart. This is is actually because mm-hmm. of how much I know about it. Uh, but whatever, it's still it's. I still think it's a perfect movie. I think you can show that to a child. Uh, uh, 20 years from now and they'll now love I, Ghostbusters as a separate conversation film I, I do wish we stopped talking about I, I kind of wish we'd stop rebooting things and make new stuff like I we agree. have we have Ghostbusters to well, reboot because they didn't because Ghostbusters wasn't a reboot in 1984 I could have sworn it's my understanding this is not a reboot this is a sequel in the same universe okay the original Ghostbusters are 70 or dead but I'm just saying what I mean is they had new ideas in the 80s, and they made films out of them, and they were ready to try different well, no, they, ideas. They never like, should have stopped making Ghostbusters movies, period. Yeah, yeah. It just The people who 
Started it was a different we're tired of doing yeah. it. And it was yeah. a different business model. Like, we all want to see another Ghostbusters movie. Back then, they would have signed them up to... If they made it now, they would have signed up Bill Murray to seven films before they made it. Like, he never would have done it. Yeah, and he would have said, well, I'm not doing this. I'm Bill Murray. I get, I'm, a, I'm the biggest star set, Saturday Night Live's mm-hmm. ever seen. I'm not doing this. And they don't. it doesn't need to be a reboot, mm-hmm. uh, necessarily, unlike the other... Fantastic... Segway, Chris. Um, there is a reboot coming, and we got our first trailer. I understand the need for a reboot here because you mm-hmm. might because well, so, those two movies are fucking terrible. They're really the bad. Tim story. Okay, so there's a new Fantastic Four teaser yes. that came out. You probably saw it. Mm-hmm. the The Tim story Fantastic Fours are both ass, like They're piles really of garbage, and, and like the, the, with maybe. Like ten salvageable, ten good minutes. In but that. that's like you just described that scene, a series of scenes in yeah. Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Like Fantastic Four is a series of scenes, but the ones that remained were the ones that tested the least poor and contained product placement they couldn't remove, which there is a ton of. <laughs> well, I never thought about like, hey, we made a deal with it's, we made a deal with Chevy. We got to put this is, in here. It is the worst. It is the yeah. worst. There, the, all that's left in that movie is like mildly funny scenes for your grandmother and product placement. Uh, it's, and it's terrible. Jessica Alba being sexualized. Like that's that too. because that was that, if you look at that that staging on that scene, like it's on a fucking bridge. Yeah, like, we can't throw this away. We got to use it. Like this serves no purpose. Doesn't drive the story. It is a terrible. It, awkward it moment. just bothered me so much when people were saying like, "But Jessica Alba's hot." I'm like, then jerk off to pictures of her. Like, then watch Sin City where she's yeah. a stripper. Yeah, don't. That doesn't. That we doesn't have, mean she needs to like her only character trait in this film is. Being bitchy and naked, like that's her only character trait in this. And Jessica Alba is a good actress. Like I, I watched her episode of Comedy Bang Bang. She's mm-hmm. really funny. Like she well, was, he, she was good on that show. Here was the like I wrote, all right, but the new trailer. I wrote up the trailer, yes. uh, threw it up on LazerTimePodcast.com, and, and did did po- pose a question to people because the anger because I was uh, uh, I've had tr- some trouble sleeping lately. I've just been working. Uh, Time is meaningless to me, and then all of a sudden it's seven in the morning. The sun is coming up, and the trans. The it was very weird to see you post something at seven a.m. Fantastic Four trailer hit, and like, well, I guess I'm not going to bed now. Uh, wrote it up, and like the internet was enraged, and I'm like, and I had to pose the question: Are we committed to hating this movie no matter what? Well, what I would, my feeling on mm. it was that. It is a teaser, so it's meant to be vague. All first trailers are pretty much like this well, these days. I watched it, and I'm like, I, w- I know all the information you guys do. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. Wasn't looking forward to it. I'm, the tra- I'm looking at the trailer, and I'm like, this is not... This it doesn't is- look bad, no. But I think anybody... I f- it, it felt like just out of a trailer factory, like... Anybody could make that trailer for any film with the footage. A little like, bit, but there were certain moments, like... Because I've been writing about that a lot lately. Like, I do like a good teaser. Mm. This is the very definition of a good teaser. Yeah. Better than the Star Wars teaser. Not as good as the uh, uh, Inside Out teaser. The Ben, <laughs> the ben the- Grimm makes all the difference. Like, I how the thing looks... People are pointing out the thing looks naked in one of the shots. He's, he's like, not wearing pants. only real shot. Yeah. yeah, you can see it on the website. And it definitely uh, looks like the ultimate Fantastic Four. Too. Well, all the, almost all the movies have taken more cues from the Ultimate Universe. Mm. Um, well, as they should. Like that, they, those were made. They made and the Ultimate Universe to be made into film. I did uh, CT0389 said uh, fan, on, on LaserTimePodcast.com said Fantastic Four should be rightfully campy and the trailer seemed too dire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need it to be um, a good old it's clobbering time. Uh, as as an average movie, it might not be terrible, uh, but it definitely doesn't seem to be appealing to their fan base. Mm-hmm. 
Also, flashbacks of their childhood seem exhausting. I agree with that. But the, everything the fucking origin. But I wanted to confront a reality that a we like if you're a savvy nerd and everyone listening is, you know this isn't being produced by the Marvel Movie Factory. We all and, know this, and we don't like it, and we feel, and we do know because it's outside, and we know that Marvel is punishing the Fantastic Four comics because of this film, perhaps. Perhaps, seemingly, perhaps, because I'll get to that in a second. All right, um, perhaps, but also that only one instance of this with Fox, Daredevil didn't get greenlit, and Marvel won it back. And it, I will not lie; I'm sure Marvel would have done something more interesting with the Fantastic Four than even the best movie Fox could make. I think so too. I, that's it's just what they would have done. It would have been fine. But the the, the reality I wanted to confront: you're also a nerd. You also know the Fantastic Four. You know it is next to impossible to portray these characters and situations on screen. They are a very when, goofy group of characters. They are this. This is Marvel's first family. When you think of the silliest thing DC ever has ever done, Fantastic Four embodies that with every second of its continued existence. <laughs> All of it. Dude, yes. Everything yeah. about it is everything you that that is lovable and quintessential about it is really silly and hard to put up on a I would film. say melodramatic also like, it, like I'm talking about weird ass cars and uh, mm. a, a big your central figure is stretchy how do you make that look cool how do you make that like yeah, not it's really hard to make it look how to make stretchiness look cool Hulk, ever like. Hulk is awesome because Hulk is a giant CG monster who rages and doesn't speak the thing talks a lot how do in, you make that believable? In a Brooklyn accent, in a, in, yes, in, a, in a, like a, yeah, in a or, or like not, the, the, the that that guy who was always in Looney Tunes cartoons with a giant nose. What? Uh, and this is Calabash, wherever you are, Jimmy like, Durante. Yeah, okay. he, he's made, he was written to be Jimmy Durante yes. in the sixties. Like that was his character. But I did. What a revolting development! If you're being honest with yourself and your nerd, and like I, I, I said that, like I. Realize now, seeing it, like I saw the trailer and like this, this does not look that terrible. It doesn't look some like something I'd love, mm-hmm. but I am a little more excited than I've ever been through like through any part of this process. It is the best news the Fantastic Four have had all year. Yeah, for like for a year. Excuse me, I don't want to. And well, and they definitely want. They remind you, that, guys. If you see a credit that says from the producers of, that is a meaningless credit, and you should Completely. take nothing from that. But. They wanted you to associate it from with the people the, who want you to associate it with X Men, X Men Days of Future Past, Past specifically Days of Future Past, and so whether it's actually in a shared universe or mm-hmm. not with the X Men films, I think it looks like it could be from the same world. But mm-hmm. it did make me the trailer made me believe more in all the actors. Like even yep. even Billy Elliot has Jamie Is that Bell. Billy uh, Elliot, yeah, Billy Elliot, all really? grown up as Ben Grimm. Uh, yeah, that I I believed in them like and uh, Kate Mara like mm-hmm. I think she she looks great. Not like, one but two House of Cards cast members. Uh, the entire trailer is narrated by Frank Underwood's favorite barbecue. Yeah, dinner. Uh, that guy. Well, that was another thing people point out. Everybody assumed mm-hmm. that Johnny was going to be the adopted one, but seemingly Sue Storm is the adopted mm-hmm. kid because Franklin Richards is that guy. Is Wow, I did not pick up on that. Yeah, he's that that he's Franklin Richards. Mm. I always think of him as a uh, oh crap. He was the oh. other warden of Oz. Remember when? Yes, yeah. yes. But, uh, but remember wait, when let's the go po- back? Yeah, okay. Black people are allowed to adopt white people. 
That was actually a plot on an episode of Law and Order that, Damn like, that, that Damn it, that, ripped from my headlines. That somebody Damn asking a, an orphanage, like, have you ever given a white child to a black family? And they were like, uh, not sure we have. <laughs> like, I'll volunteer myself right now. Just somebody take care of me. It was apparently a, a, I want to start over. Yeah. <laughs> Let them, they'll teach you some good values, Chris. <laughs> uh, the tra- uh, the Moan Stallone said, at first I thought... This was a new Terrence Malick film. <laughs> a lot of shots. Like, that is a very good point. The second he thought, uh, is this a direct-to-Redbox sequel to Interstellar? A lot of Interstellar comparisons Well, uh, the, the, the music use and the looking at things was yeah. very, like, it was a lot of people in wonder at science, which mm-hmm. is a good feel for Fantastic Four. If you're going to go real. Mm-hmm. Also, Shin brought up, uh, I thought, a really good one. Looks like the plot of the FF homage in Batman Beyond, the terrific trio. Have you seen that one? No. I watched that one as a uh, as a younger person and didn't realize it until like a couple years later whenever he saw it. He, they're the Fantastic Four. Like they just snuck in characters. Like there's this new superhero team that went into outer space and came back with powers, mm-hmm. and but they're actually secretly evil. Like that was the Fantastic Four. They just mm-hmm. Batman Beyond snuck them into the show. Like wow. I, th- I thought that was really cool. I and I just a lot of has been made like ah, oh, but Doctor Doom is a blogger and like I'm gu- as guilty as anyone, blowing that out of proportion, uh, because it's, we did it on the show. It's an easy thing to say because I, I read the news story and I traced it back and like that's not exactly what it says. Mm. It says that like he the he might be it says something like he's introduced to the people through hacking and he has a handle mm-hmm. and he has an he has an internet personality. He could still be Latverian. It, there's a lot of things that could there still make be him, a Latverian. It could still make him, him Doctor Doom, but like if you think about it, if you were mm. the, like the Sony hack is a very evil yeah. supervillainy North Korean thing to do. Uh, I think it's too late for them to put in something like that. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I I also hope I really do want him to have a metal outfit and not metal skin, mm. but the the idea of a guy building his own metal outfit mm-hmm. does seem too silly for mm-hmm. people as opposed to just getting metal skin but the little i that was one of my favorite bits of mm-hmm. personality and it was the little scene that was seemingly reed and doom talking to each other mm-hmm. and doom saying like i'm not the bit like there's more out there or something mm-hmm. like that and as our, I really liked i did not want to see the origins of them again mm-hmm. but kind of loved every shot that involved the ship, yeah, or a, and and our I'll say a spacesuit. And so, our continued co-host Brett Elston mm-hmm. pointed out that like that talk implies they're going to go cosmic early, like and they'll bring in like Galactus or Annihilus. By or early, the, you mean the second movie or the? Ne- <laughs> I'm just saying they're going to bring in the negative zone, mm-hmm. things like that, like the cosmic concepts which are central yeah, to Fantastic Four. That's like, the one I remember. V two two Dreamcast said, "I feel like everyone wants the uh, the movie to be bad only so the rights can go back to Marvel and Disney." I, however, yeah. am looking forward to this as it could be a different type of Marvel movie, especially as the director said he wanted to make a sci fi movie mixed with Cronenberg uh, body horror uh plus since x-men first class fox's trek record has been good yes and and, and josh yeah. trank like we're like ah oh, i guess his name now is is even brings up a bad feeling in me but like i've seen one of your movies and it was excellent it was called chronicle <laughs> and suggested a pretty decent knowledge of how a superhero universe works yeah uh, Mouse Clock says, Teaser look fines, but please, for the love of all that is holy, can we stop replacing letters with numbers in the titles of things? That I agree with. That, that was but the I, only I, truly groan-worthy part of the trailer. I think that's just a logo, I'm, I Fan assure you. Fan 4 Stick, too. Fan 4 Stick is just, it's just a logo thing. 
It is dumb, but the movie is not called that. It is yeah. called the fan. It is called the T H E Fantastic Four. Uh, Want to read one more here? All right. Uh, Tom says all of these assets are a pile of dark, rusty, grimy, wet concrete with lens flare photoshopped mm-hmm. over it. Right. Why would anyone watch a movie called Fan Four Stick that <laughs> looks and sounds and feels like that? This is bizarre. I don't disagree with you there, but like we. Ha- Let's keep an optimistic, not even, because I do kind of want it to fail and go back to Marvel. I do, but I also don't want any more bad things to befall what was my first family in Marvel. Fantastic Four, four comics, it would be in there. Mm. I don't know which one, but that is what I started. My, my, I, when I got into comics through a friend of mine, Ryan Uberman, uh, he, he gave me a Fantastic Four comic. That's what I got into. Mm-hmm. No, and I like the right behind Spider-Man, the Thing is my favorite. The Thing comic is comic book character. Like. Icon, this is my favorite icon of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Does get utilized enough? Yeah, and as you can see in both those cases, they're guys mm-hmm. who deal with a lot of self-loathing, anxiety, mm-hmm. and guilt. And so mm-hmm. you can see what uh, why I project. I can identify some. Oh, one last one. I love Psylocke Rule says also. Don't matter how toned Jamie Bell gets, nothing is going to beat Chris Evans naked in the snow jacuzzi. Hubba hubba. Yeah, it's nice to hear because somebody had, oh fuck, somebody had brought it up. Like, well, no Chris Evans, no deal. And like, also remember how everybody was an asshole to Chris Evans. Oh yeah, when he was in that movie. That you can't be, you can't be a dude twice. Well, and like no, they, Chris no, Evans were, was the var, was like the not another treated, team movie guy. He like, was treated like a garbage was. pretty boy and like shit all over. And now we realize how like what an amazing. A actor and B comedic force he can be if he he's, wants to. Yeah, he's great. I, he's great. Yeah. I just watched. I just watched Snowpiercer again. Like and the dude, and, and then also like he isn't. He's cool at taking risks. Like as in getting naked for yeah. stuff. Like he. Oh, he, calm down. Dude. There was the in scene in not another team movie where he wore the whipped cream <laughs> bikini. Like, that did that's happen. Crazy. Didn't it? Yeah, and with the joke that a banana was in his ass. Like, right. That was the joke. Can we close? Can Can I close this segment, Henry? So we yeah. can get to. Because what I wanted to do is talk a little bit about why every one of you comic book readers should be watching Venture Brothers. Period. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that in the so next we... segment. And, uh, but I have a, I have a th- thing I want to throw to. Okay, this is Henry's show. Want to point that out? Not usurping your territory. All right. But I have been inundated with weird cartoon movies. Laser Time's recent episode is uh, called uh, the best. Animated films based on TV cartoons. We did a show based on live action a move. A, Live action movies based on cartoons, which has fucking stupidly happened more than a. But the new SpongeBob you need updated. The new SpongeBob movie reminded me, like, yeah, no TV cartoon gets a cartoon movie like ever. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And I try. We tried to find the best. That's the new Laser Time. As a result, uh, I have gone back and watched a few of them, and the one I walk away loving the most right now is the Chipmunk Adventure. Uh, the Chipmunk <laughs> yeah. Adventure is fucking fantastic. Uh, I, I could go into it even further, but I'll just say like in the movie's incredible. Uh, Disney had laid off a giant portion of its staff after the Black Cauldron was awful. So the one dude making the uh, Chipmunks movie's like, "Hey, you want to come work on this for less?" Mm-hmm. So the movie looks gorgeous. Uh, I, a little cheat in the animation industry. Nobody with traditional animation drew people. Oh. Almost ever. They if they did, Sword in the Stone is the closest you get, and like. 
there are some real looking people in that movie, but most everybody else. The Don Bluth, did, like he, he did. He but, is good at real. But I think it's there's a weird uncanny valley there before yeah. CG. Like everybody avoided that. Disney avoided the shit out of it. Uh, and Alvin the Chipmunks is one of like the most real looking people in a ca- cartoon movie, animated beautifully, are in the Chipmunks movie. And this and like what they're normally known for is shitty cover songs, and the movie just has a bunch of original songs, including what we're closing out with, Diamond Dolls. We will be right back. everybody welcome to the break for episode 122 of cape crisis and i just want to thank you again for listening and say that if you would like to help out the laser time podcast network uh stay solvent <laughs> uh, there's a lot of ways you can do that especially if you're a fan of the show go to lasertimepodcast.com just keep visiting there and when you get there you'll see a donate button on the left hand side that button will take you to paypal and you can just give us a little tip a little, a little something that says, hey, I like you. You could even put, I like you, in the comment when you gave the money. Like, that'd be pretty cool, right? Uh, also, there's a t-shirt store beneath that PayPal button. You can buy a cool Laser Time or Cape Prices or whatever t-shirt off of there. Or, on the uh, right side of the screen, there's a bunch of links to Amazon. Now, you could buy the stuff we're suggesting, or you could buy anything else through that link. But whatever you buy, a little bit of money is kicked back to us from Amazon and no extra cost to you. You're going to buy stuff on Amazon anyway, guys. That's where everybody buys stuff. I know I do. So why not buy it through our link and help us out? Uh, and also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, just a reminder, if you haven't yet, please give us a review and please subscribe. Both those things help the podcast visibility out so much on iTunes and it's It would be a great favor to us if you could do that. So please, please do. Uh, And lastly, now it's time for the Hank's Corner. Pick of the week of stuff. Now, uh, this I wasn't actually able to fit this into our news talk this week. But there's rumors that uh, Baron Zemo is going to be the next villain in the Captain America film. If true then uh, you'll want to learn a bit about old Zemo before he appears. And a great place to start with it is the original Thunderbolt series from the mid-90s. Written by Kurt Busiek with art by Mark Bagley, the Thunderbolt seems to be the new Avengers here to replace the Avengers while they're away. But in actuality, there's something a lot more sinister going on, and it's led by Baron Zemo. You get to learn a whole lot about that character and all these other villains in one of the most interesting books that got published in the 90s. I really did love that series. And the it's collected in the Thunderbolts Classics volumes. There's one, two, and three, all available on Amazon, all definitely worth checking out. Some of the best books Marvel was publishing in the 90s. So you can buy those through a link to Amazon on this week's episode on lasertimepodcast.com. All right, and now back to the rest of the show. Avengers Assemble!
Welcome back, everybody, ah. to part two of uh, this week's episode of Cape Crisis with, we have a special guest here. Oh, hi. Hi. Angela hi. Lewis. And Lewis. Yeah, that's me. And I'll explain. Favorite guest on Video Game Apocalypse. I'll explain why. Favorite? Mm-hmm. I'll explain why I begged you to be on the show. This is normally our superhero spotlight portion. Your hero. And I guess it still kind of is, yeah. but just about superhero references. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give you a little background of why I wanted to do this, uh, one, I love, I haven't been reading a lot of uh, comics lately, um, just because money uh, and time. But and I, it's also the new year, and I am no longer, I would not call myself depressed, but it's like, <laughs> sure, I am waiting, I definitely, dude, I was in a deep fucking hole of blackness uh, <laughs> back in December. That That happened. But it's now it's like well yeah because you were in Florida oh it was awful it was awful Angela but it, <laughs> like I I get back in January of a renewed attitude and it's like okay let's do some cool shit and like it's no good TV shows <laughs> no movies to look forward to there have been no games and I'm like shit I'm I'm not I'm not bummed I'm just like man when the fuck is this something I can like really latch onto and then completely forgot out of the blue Venture Brothers. With just one week of warning. Yeah, a one hour, and like I didn't realize the season I thought was kind of ho-hum because it didn't have a fucking ending. The season finale, well, I mean, there were, okay. The Venture Brothers is an Adult Swim series, if you haven't heard of it. Mm. Uh, It is basically the Sopranos of Adult Swim Mm. in that they have very... Long stretches Flexible. between seasons. Mm-hmm. Like it's been ten years, and they're there. We have not seen the sixth season yet. I have watched season. Yeah, I started ten with. Years. I started with the. It hasn't po- been ten years since season five. I I started with the no, pilot. It's been ten, it's, the show has been on for ten years. There have been five uh, seasons. Yeah, that I that I started with the um, 2003 pilot and mm-hmm. been with it ever since. But it has been almost it, two years since the last episode up it, until this yeah, point. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. But so it. It is a very dark parody show, unlike the a lot of other Adult Swim fare, which is like absurdist stoner humor, which is great. I love that. So what I'm trying shows. to write, and we're or maybe even just make for this podcast, we're like a blank number of reasons comic fans deserve, would love, need to be watching Venture Brothers mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and, and that hour long finale was like it was the it was really the season finale and incredible and I, I like, forgot I brought it up to Anne and like since the show doesn't come on for two years like I forgot that you even watched it yep uh, and then she was like oh shit yeah and like uh, but I get the feeling that like that list that you're planning would be all of the reasons Tyler does not like that show no I think if anything if they made that, that uh, I'll say it was awesome Tyler watched the one hour special <laughs> it was so good and this special is one of the most oh. is one of the greatest things I've ever seen on television. It, it no pays shit. off a million plot. It lines. follows a billion storylines. There are at least reintroduces like, a billion. Yeah, characters. there are like thirty or forty characters. Like you need to know everything about. And Tyler didn't know any of that shit. And it happens so fast in the span mm. of the hour. I'm not David Bowie. <laughs> why is David Bowie in the show? <laughs> why would anybody? Why, but why it's would we not expect? David Bowie. Why would we expect anybody to understand that? Like well, that David Bowie is sitting there talking to a woman shot in the them anyway uh but adventure brothers it started out to me it seemed more like a parody of uh johnny quest oh yeah they totally well, was. it was and i mean it was which a, i loved as a child but apparently yeah. it started out to it started out to be a comic yeah so the the creator the official singular creator of the mm-hmm. show is jackson public aka chris mccullough mm-hmm. who is uh wrote for the original tick comic and yes. tick 
cartoon. Ben Edlund's uh, Tick, yeah. And also wrote for the Tick live action series, which mm-hmm. lasted one season and is apparently coming back on Amazon. Amazon, yeah. Like, which is crazy. With Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. Who, uh, and <laughs> so after that, Chris good, McCullough, right? yeah. I think Chris McCullough in interviews has said like that he was sick of having to work with a Fox network and he just wanted to, he thought of this, yeah, this idea for a parody of, of all these super science shows, mm-hmm. especially Johnny Quest. Because mm-hmm. it did start out very much like a parody of the failure of the Jet Age. To me, yeah. it was the Venture Brothers the was the storyline of the ruins of Epcot and Tomorrowland. Exactly. Dreams that were hokey dreams of the future that, that are dead That all now. still look great, but like Venture Brothers is all about the dust that's accumulated on them. And it started out with uh, Venture Brothers, Dean and Hank, uh, their bodyguard, Brock Sampson, and Dr. Venture, a former child star, now super scientist, sort of, but kind of incompetent. And then like, I'm trying, Tyler's watching the show and I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. This this show barely has anything to do with the Venture Brothers or their family yeah. anymore at it, all. Like it really hasn't for a while. Yeah. Uh, it's mostly the monarch. And its expanded universe I, is what I'm seeking to point out here. Is all for comic book fans. It, it has become as dense as as most comic book universes, mm-hmm. but full of well, this character is really this guy. This character, like so many, it's a bit. Of, it's a bit of that, but it also has like everything else on Adult Swim, like. I don't know, Meatwad could die in every episode and come back again. But Venture Brothers has continuity it takes pretty fucking seriously. Yeah. But it will resur- it's it's to uh, I'll emphasize this point in, in later on. Let me just play this first clip, the one that originally made me laugh as a Marvel reference. Anymore. I need an operation fast, and you're the best I know at this kind of unorthodox work. Let me guess. You wanna beat up hunter, but you can't punch a girl. So you want me to make a sniff sniff meow cafe? <laughs> I uh, want you to remove something. It's got a something in his parts. Up. What made you change your mind? Huh? I put in a lot of doors this year. Ever since the Iron Man, everybody wants to do robot hunt. <laughs> that line always makes me laugh. That's Brendan Small of Metalocalypse and Home Movies fame. He's is great. And I what, love you, what you'll find here is like also like the guest stars on the show aren't always famous people, but really great voice actors from cartoons they respect or really, like, or great just comedians. funny comedian, yeah, that it's... Uh, I think it's easy for me to identify with the creators of the show because mm-hmm. I feel like they're often casting people like, I'd cast that person, they're yeah. cool. Or I would I would have on, say, Kevin Conroy. Uh, I, I have... Can I pull that up later? All right, Because yeah, I, I have these loaded, but you, no, the one okay. I wanted to start with, my favorite, my favorite and the very... The, the clearest one... Uh, in, on the Venture Compound lives Dr. Orpheus. Yes! Who is a parody of whom? Dr. Strange! Dr. Yes. Strange. Dr. Stephen Strange. I'm going to play a couple clips of my favorite moments because he, he also makes incredibly hilarious de- declarations that get the most dramatic like, music by ever. by the Hari House of Haga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing pantyhose. What? He is. Because he's a gay boy. Consider this your final warning. You do not know the risk you are taking. For a whisper from my lips could open your mind to a world of arcane tortures. Beg it. <laughs> <laughs> 
even dresses just like him. I mean, yeah, he does. And what you were saying, he did, he did the same. Off. He does the same hand yeah. motions on occasion with the two fingers down, and yeah, and then center. Yeah, yeah he's, he's he's totally. He, he is. He's really even just Steve Ditko's the '60s <laughs> yeah. Doctor yeah. Strange too. He's not trying to be modern in any way. It is just long he speeches. He sort of has his own version of the Eye of Agamotto, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what does he call that? See, this I, is I can't, why. I have Osiris. What? This is why we Osiris cult. The Osiris cult. Get me my cloak. Why don't you wear the... Uh... All right, fine. Get me my blue windbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, so he has a da- goth daughter. He has who, a goth daughter. Um, <laughs> God damn. I Triana, love this show. Triana led to one of my favorite season one jokes, which is when um, uh, Mike, uh, when White, Mr. White, the mm-hmm. albino, is hitting on her, even though she's way too young for him. Mm-hmm. He, he says, like, oh, it's a goth girl. I know how to get that. And he's like, do you know that, you know, uh, you know what, uh, oh, no, he said. Spit it out, Hank. You know what, <laughs> me playing the... Uh, you know, I was the first person to play Bauhaus on my college radio station. Yes. You know what that makes me? Like a million years old? <laughs> no, just cool. Just cool. Do not be too hasty entering that room. I had Taco Bell for lunch. <laughs> uh, he can't uh, talk it any other way. But he, he's such a friendly dude. He entertains the shit he's out of me. probably one of my favorite He was the first character the I think I, I grew a huge fascination with and like mm-hmm. went and looked up everything about him. Like the actor, the voice actor, like hasn't really done much of anything else. That's why it sounds so unique, I think. They cast mostly New York guys. Yeah. And now an issue, like Patrick Warburton was the star of the show in the first No, thing, and, like, and Jackson, or uh, what's his name? James Urbaniak. James Urbaniak. Well, though, he was just a dude who appeared in New York stuff and then eventually moved to L.A. to be the creepy bad guy in, like, NCIS. Who was also on an episode of, a uh, recent episode of Agent Carter? Is James Urbaniak still doing shit in Agent Carter? He didn't die in the first episode, right? Which one's he? Uh, one of the quiet scientists that <laughs> doesn't really have a name. But he's I awesome. Know. I maybe love James he's dead. Urbaniak. Maybe he's alive. I love James Urbaniak. Uh, what I, I wanted to play here just to introduce a little more of the universe because this mm-hmm. guy's been like you know he was early on and isn't, hasn't been utilized that much is Baron Unterbeit, uh, who is who is. I a, think the creators fell out of love with this. Well, character. I think they fell in love with every character, but they can just keep Most producing they, more. Well, they still love Twenty Four, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll get to him. We'll get to him. How many years have I longed for this moment? How many years has it been since? Carnage! What now, Baron Underbite? Finally exacts his sweet revenge. Well, I guess so. Now! Say hello to goodbye, Doctor. <laughs> say hello to goodbye. Say hello to goodbye. Uh, uh, he is very clearly Doctor Doom, and they even have a backstory where they're in college together. That was that. It was another favorite joke of mine in season mm-hmm. one when. They they're telling stories about going to college, and they're like, mm. "Oh yeah, Billy Quizboy and White mm. and and uh, da, and Doc Venture all went to the same college together." And then they reveal Doctor uh, Baron Underbite was there, and then they also reveal the Monarch, his arch enemy, was there too. And mm. then Hank just goes like. Where'd you all go to college? Super crazy no way school. <laughs> but that's exactly like that is a Fantastic Four. Ben Grimm, Reed Richards, and Doctor Doom were all college buddies. But in this is this is they'll help if you haven't heard of the show, and it's one of my favorite things about the universe. It is a comic very comic universe. Um, oh yeah. But 
part of it is like, I'll just, this is a dumb preamble. Whenever I watch football and I don't, like, I've played football. I don't watch it. And when I watch it, I'm like, why are they stopping the game again? Oh, because they made a bunch of stupid fucking rules that, that pause the game and make you learn all these weird ass new things. So the comic, comics don't really have that, but the Venture Brothers is all about like, if, if being a superhero were as regulated as football was, that's what it would become. And here's another Underbiker. He's going to the Venture Compound and walking through a metal detector. His arch enemy, by the way. But there are still rules. Name. You know damn well. Name. Baron Unterweit. One, all persons associated with the Guild of Calamitous Intent recognize that by virtue of their presence in an event I wherein... I am aware of the 1967 Charter of Casual Contact and come now. Why would little old me want to start any trouble? Spare me the sweet talk inside here. <laughs> but like a good part of the show is just about the bureaucracy the bureaucracy being of a being villain. a villain and a superhero it's there's so a there's a guild good. for a villain they set you up with people to arch oh, it's well it's so just good. and it's like if shield and hydra just decided like well we hate each other but we both want to keep existing yeah let's not get crazy aim let's it's got to put we got to lay down some ground rules here we both agree we have the right to exist but it is it's like it's even when, like when i watch the show and then i go watch another marvel movie the fact that like uh, Sam Jackson's Nick Fury would be in like a mountain of paperwork constantly, <laughs> like constantly. It would never, it would never end for that poor man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so another one of my oh, my favorite. This is this is true. This is not only like why a comic fan would like it, but why it's true nerd service. Um, this is one of the more recent episodes, and by that it mean I mean it may have aired like a four two, year, two years ago, two year, three years ago instead of five. Um, <laughs> That guy bothering you? Kinda. Shh. I understand. You can't talk. You need help. Just blink twice if he's your pimp. No. What? No. He's my dad. Oh. So, uh, brings you two to the Big Apple then. Well, I got this internship at Impossible Industries. Super science, huh? Yeah, I used to be in that racket myself. Really? Why'd you give it up? You're looking at it. Yeah, I had a little mishap in the lab back when I was working on my irradiated spider thesis. Kind of soured me on the whole super science deal. Yeah, I'm not really sure I want to be a super scientist either. But my dad really wants me to follow in his footsteps. Yeah, I can see why you really wouldn't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is the Spider-Man character, very briefly seen... What was his name? The brown, it's the brown recluse. The brown recluse. And like that fucking... He shoots webs out of his That ass. viral animation of like real life Spider-Man <laughs> thought it was hilarious. But this version of Spider-Man does shoot webs out of his asshole. And he has more than two eyes. And he has more than two eyes. <laughs> and it's played by Nathan and Fillion. And Nathan yes. Fillion. Which is perfect. Perfect casting. I... Once I saw him, of course, as a Spider-Man fanboy, I was like, they need to write a whole episode about Brown Recluse. Make him... Like, that's something you'll find over time with the writers that they just... Especially if you listen to the commentaries, you'll see, like, they just fall in love with a character. Yeah. They, they make a one-joke character, and they're like, what if he was well, just a were... whole thing? Like, like in that uh, in that clip of the mm-hmm. Love Bites uh, from, from that episode with Underbite... Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about the yard sale. Mm-hmm. Like, they introduce a guy who just picks up a thing and just goes like, ooh, old magazine. <laughs> and then that guy uh, became Cloud, St. Cloud, like Billy Quizboy's arch nemesis in the, in the fifth season. 
Like they just introduced St. Cloud, who was his like trivia arch nemesis, who's, oh, yeah. who's super rich. So rich. Well, like, just I, because he was a one line in a voice thing. I liked. was reading about because he doesn't. Sadly, I don't think he has like a comic book uh, basis anywhere. But uh, Sergeant Hatred. Because you kind of hated him in the beginning, yes. and they were they were in a comic panel. I'm like, yeah, we know you, like, but we really like him, and we want you to like him too. But we do understand we established his groundwork as a recovering pedophile who's now yes. working with the Venture Kids. But his wife is Princess Tiny Princess Feet. Princess Tiny Feet. <laughs> well, and also, they set up that he's so super. Tiny. That is soup little core niblets. Um, but they also set up that he that he was. That he had his predilections because of Super Soldier Serum. Yeah. He took yes. Super oh, that's right. Serum. And he ended up growing tits. Mm. There we go. Good. Good tie-in, Hankery. Uh, because uh, one of my favorites, and I think there's a couple episodes that like, I think I like this show. Oh, I think I love this show. Um, and one of those those characters disappeared for a little while, or he didn't disappear, but uh. The Fantastic Four parody, The Impossibles. I that was the okay. That was the episode that made me want to start espousing how great it was yeah. to everybody. Once I saw Ice Station Impossible, Ice Station Impossible, and Stephen Colbert is the voice of the Reed Richards character, and Richard two, Impossible. And in two thousand five, two thousand four, it mm-hmm. was not cool to cast yeah. Stephen Colbert and stuff. It like, wasn't. He it wasn't to the, to Colbert the point where report. like they asked him to come back, and he said no. And Bill Hader took over the voice. And the episode that aired uh, last week had Stephen Colbert so in it Stephen for the first Colbert. time in like. Five years. Also, and Bill Hader. A break right now, so he can. He did a great this. job. Bill Hader and Seth Meyer are both like big comic nerds, mm-hmm. and they like. It's no surprise that they're on the show. They've appeared on the show. Yeah, I have a feeling they they have an interest in being on the show. I mean, more than they don't have to be cajoled. To a do quick it. aside. There was a cool. You should check it out. A cool interview. Brian Michael Bendis was on Seth Meyer's talk show mm-hmm. talking about Secret Powers. Wars last week really? and the Powers TV show. And he explained the Secret Wars in the most succinct for television way possible. You know, we have a podcast about. Okay. And he um, also talked about how uh, he also talked about how uh, what was it that uh, he was thankful that Glenn Beck gave Ultimate Spider-Man uh, a ton of a ton of press by being angry about it because <laughs> he was mad like, "Well, we're turning Spider-Man black, so everybody now. can be black now. What's <laughs> next?" Uh, but Ice Station Impossible, fucking great episode. Yes. I love all the clips from this. Stephen Colbert, his name is Richard <laughs> Impossible. Stephen uh, Colbert is a geek, and he gets like yeah, oh for sure he gets. And this this totally explores what is what is Reed Richards, which is like kind of a sociopath, and he doesn't. Care. What I complained about last yeah. week of the portrayal of Mister Fantastic, this is who Mister Impossible really is. Whatever are you doing out of your room during work hours, honey? I needed something from the kitchen. Well, all right. I'll allow it, but please, next time, just ask me to get it for you. But you were busy. Sally. Okay, Richard. I'm sorry, Richard. Oh, and here. Could you be a lark and bring the gentleman's samples down to the lab for me? Um, you make your wife stay in her room? (laughs) (laughs) I know how this looks. Oh, and one of my favorite scenes... Are, oh, because I forgot about it until I saw this clip. It's when he takes Doctor Venture for a ride in the version of the Fantastic Car. Oh, they're just fr- they're, yeah. Hold they're, on, I got a clip. You have right, to explain it. it. Okay. But the, but what is the Fantastic Car though? It's basically like if if a giant piece of a fair ride became unhinged, <laughs> uh, a bunch of people sitting in little buckets at four corners. The Fantastic Car. You know what this is, right, Angela? Uh, and 
just everybody in their own little separate convertible pod flying at a billion miles an hour. This is him uh, threatening Dr. Venture. I've been good to you, haven't I, Dr. Venture? What? I selected you for my think tank, despite the military's protests. Gave you a chance to do some meaningful work and make a little much-needed cash at the same time. What? I... I don't mean to be cross with you, but my point is I had a few simple rules and you broke them. Making up... Uh, that, yeah, it makes me so happy. There's a lot of the best jokes on Venture Brothers are about mm-hmm. the practicality of comic book things mm-hmm. and impracticality of it. And that's one of those many things of just like, this thing looks cool to draw. But if you actually were sitting in that car, you would not hear <laughs> anything. Like, you just get, like, wind blasted uh, in your face. Let me get at a couple of these clips. Um, one oh, of my are fa- we off on Mr. Impossible? No, we're, okay. off, we're, no, we're, off, we're still at Ice Station Impossible. The Fanta- Their version of Fantastic Four makes me laugh so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Dr. Venture accidentally stumbles upon somebody in a hyperbolic chamber and opens it up, and it's the Human Torch. So the, the version of the Human Torch uncontrollably catches on fire and it hurts. Uh, and the thing, well, I don't know what we want to say. Uh, Batman made Cody cry hurt. I don't, I wasn't, I, I... Ned, don't. Dr. Venture is a friend. Why? Batman made Cody cry hurt. I know. He didn't mean it, Ned. Ned hurt too. Heart hurt. Body hurt. I know, Ned. <laughs> He's their and slow cousin. His body is it just a callus? It's not rocks. It's yes, just... but he, every time so he appears nice. now in little hats, it is so fucking funny. Like him at the end of the show at the funeral, just smiling at the crash his dummy song. Like floored me when I originally saw it. This is, I'll let Sally explain because this is like this is the origin of the Fantastic Four yeah. told by someone who's a victim of it <laughs> and isn't happy about it. That okay? I'm sorry, I should have told you. It takes all my concentration to keep myself from turning invisible and, well, what with all the drinking... You can turn invisible? Just my skin. There was an accident a few years ago. Richard was messing around with one of his god-awful machines, trying to harness cosmic rays with gamma radiation. My brother Cody was in town. I was giving him and my mentally handicapped cousin Ned a tour of the Impossible Building in New York, and there was this explosion. I remember when that happened! (laughs) <laughs> it's like when you shout that in a conversation you ruin I, the conversation so I had I like I went trolling some message boards to see what other people thought were references to specific cartoon characters mm-hmm. oh the one last thing about Mr. Impossible Please. he had this other great line in his second appearance where it just mm-hmm. that totally defined their interpretation of Richards to me mm-hmm. which like uh, the Susan Storm uh, Sally just says Richard what's more important to you uh, 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 science or family? Science. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and yes. Just him saying, like, I know, I, I know enough to know I shouldn't say this, but I can't stop myself from saying it. I went, I well, I went trolling message boards trying to figure out what other people thought were references, and somebody thought they pinpointed a great uh, reference to the vision. Hmm. And I, it, wow. like, and I don't totally agree with it, but what would you think is a Reference to the vision. Because I haven't heard Vision talk in like a cartoon or anything. Well, he's kind of a disconnected robot. Ignore me, that guy. No, no, but (laughs) that guy's kind of galactic. You had it. You you had it with robot. What helper? Not helper. No, 
Helper, uh, helper is what? A, you, well, helper's Herbie. Herbie from, the robot. Though they, though they also made in the second Mister Impossible episode, they introduced it, introduced Huggy, the the other Herbie joke. Who like he invented <laughs> he invented a robot that would hug people. But uh, okay, who's another robot? A couple that, people had. Come, his, oh, ghost robot. Listen to me. I am a ghost that lives in the head of a robot. If you pierce my chest, I will be unharmed. I will fake my death, and then together we will fight against Zeus. <laughs> oh, good old ghost robot. No, wait. He's... He was just revealed as gay. I would think, uh, yeah, There's. I like that there's just a lot of gay characters in the show. A ton of gay but, characters. But Ghost Robot, I would say he's more similar to the Red Tornado, because the Red Tornado actually has a ghost oh. spirit inside of him. Uh, Vision never does. That's I, right That was hand? somebody else's comparison, not mine. Uh, I don't know as much about Red Tornado as I do know about the Vision. Mm-hmm. Okay. I only have a couple more clips, I promise. Um, Jesus. Um, one of my favorite characters. Again, like... Oh, no, no. I want to go back to this dude. Um, let's reward the DC people now. How about a little Captain Sunshine for that ass? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's time this evening, sir. Droll as always, Desmond. You have the children's charity banquet at nine, followed by your usual obligations at 11. Not tonight, Des. Cancel all my appointments. But, sir, you never miss the children's... Charity begins at home, Desmond. I found a new pet project. Oh, really, sir? Have another <laughs> Oh, but this one's perfect, Desmond. He's an orphan. I think he might even be homeless. Welcome to my sanctum solarium, lad. What do you think? Awesome! It's almost as cool as the Batcave. Hey, I didn't know the monarch hated anyone besides my dad. <laughs> oh, you poor sweet lad. The monarch took someone special away from you, too, didn't he? That's actually kind of why I asked you here. Hank, how would you like to be my new Wonder Boy? Whoa, you mean like... Be your partner and stuff? And stuff. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) They have so many references to Super... But they also have, like, there is a Batman. Yeah. Well, he's like a Batman-Superman hybrid. Well, no, I mean, like, Hank talks about Batman. They are totally Batman. I thought they were afraid to say it for a long time because Hank would literally wear a Batman mask to parties and say, I am the Bat. I am the Bat. I am the Bat. But, yeah, he even says, like, this... (laughs) I, they walk into a parody of the Batcave, and they just even just says, "Cooler than the Batcave." He walks out from behind a giant penny. Exactly. <laughs> they, Captain Sunshine. Why? Well, and the Captain yeah. Sunshine is again. You have to listen to the commentary to get like they. Captain Sunshine is a one-off joke from season one that that uh, the monarch says, "Send the ashes of this boy to Captain Sunshine." <laughs> And then they finally oh. made an episode of it, and then in the episode, like Captain Sunshine could beat the shit out of the monarch, but he is he for some reason thinks the monarch is invincible to his powers, so he doesn't shoot them at him. And he comes in like he's he's he, the the joke here is that he keeps all his robins keep dying. And or getting old, or getting old, and enough, turning and into Pat Oswalt, and yes, who eventually plays the former Wonder Boy in another episode with in a support group. Of former superheroes, including a, a, a Mega Man and John Hodgman? No, no, no. It's not Mega Man. It's the previously mentioned Astro Boy. Oh, it's okay. Astro Boy's and, uh, and John Hodgman. Uh, well, yeah, John Hodgman and Seth Green as as um, the 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 Hardy Boys who are oh, also yeah. who are also the Menendez brothers. <laughs> like. uh, this is another clip from Captain Sunshine, the Monarch. Uh, the Monarch 
can't arch Dr. Venture anymore. That means be the arch enemy. Uh, so he is assigned Captain Sunshine. <laughs> doesn't really dig it. Falls into the Wonder Boy outfit. Reggie! No! no! Take costume off! What's the matter, Captain Funtime? Fiends in this what you've always wanted? What are you talking about? Wouldn't it just fix everything twisted up inside of you if you could only... Wonder Boy and your worst enemy at the same time, huh? And by the way, like, all of this... This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. I didn't even recognize him I've never, ever seen, like, cast in anything that's not Batman because he's too awesome at Batman to play a parody of Batman. This show is so fucking clever and made for comic fans is what I'm saying. Uh, I gotta burn these... going way longer than I thought I would. Uh, but this is just another soup. Like at the very end of this clip, it goes full Super Friends, um, pointing a sun ray at Captain Sunshine. Bombarded by the same solar radiation <laughs> which by day grants him his amazing abilities, Captain Sunshine's light sensitive supercells become energized, and his incredible sunshine powers return. Uh, I don't even know these people. Albino here. <laughs> I wonder if that was in their original writing or if when they got the animation back like we need to explain this alright let's just have let's just do the Super Friends voice over it oh my god I got I, I have too many clips here and I realize now um Jesus Christ um Blackula the, Hunter I got him I got him on here um that would be um Something Midnight. Jefferson Twilight, actually. Twilight. Jefferson Twilight. Twilight. Uh, Jefferson Twilight only hunts, hunts Blackulas. <laughs> and when he met it... So, he can't kill Dracula, but he can kill Blackulas. Yeah, so when... And he's Blade, clearly. Yeah, when, he's, he's absolutely Blade. When Orpheus wanted to make his own super team, he, he got Twilight and the Alchemist. Who, Is the Alchemist supposed to be a reference to somebody? Because I, I couldn't... Yeah, I, I can't... Well, that's, that's the thing, like, one thing if you're him. looking for straight-up comic... There's so many other like weird pulp science fiction yeah. 1960s things mixed in with which would well, makes like, it all so glorious. Well, like Doctor Venture's dad is basically like Doctor um, uh, Savage, Doc Savage. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we I, we mentioned that before, but the first episode of season four is just Marvel number one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It follows the same story it as Marvel number one, and Marvel number one is in in the in the show, and I believe Hank picks it up and like, where's Batman? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but this is what I, I couldn't find the origin story of what he does. But it'll mention bla- like what it, why he became a Blackula hunter. This has one of my favorite two words of the Venture Brothers. Uh, this is the Triad: Doctor Orpheus, Jefferson Twilight. Uh, what's the, the, the Alchemist? The Alchemist and uh, <laughs> Billy helping out fix a the corpse of um, oh shit the Masked Rider or whatever. Oh yeah, I oh, forget his name. I know what you mean Triana's stepdad. Yeah. Why is he still like that? We must draw him out. Draw him from hell with hell. Quickly, what is the worst thing that ever happened to you? Um, I saw my mom raped by Blackulas. I was ten. She called my name. I just uh, stood there. Wow. Wait. I can hear him. More ugliness. Oh, uh, <laughs> once I saw two homeless guys giving each other oral sex. Yes, he's closer. More like that. Okay, this is really gross. Oh, this once one's I was out of toilet paper, so I used cotton balls. So, you know, I'm wiping, and I think my finger kind of poked through the cotton. So I, and, and do not ask me why, I, I smell my finger to check. Gross. 
I see where this is going. Good day, Al. He's so close. Okay, <laughs> I bring it up to smell it, right? But somehow the cotton got stuck to my fingers. So when I smell my fingers, the cotton's getting stuck to my razor stubble. So then I have this cotton all over my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing it. shit cotton. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yes, <laughs> that's the title of the YouTube video. Are the two words? Yeah, that shit you cotton. Love? Uh, no, it's yeah. it's more ugliness. Oh, I love <laughs> more ugliness. <laughs> and when Twilight is describing, like somebody is trying to say African American vampires to him is what he kills. He's mm-hmm. like, no, I killed guys from England too. I don't know what you <laughs> call them. Like, <laughs> and this is this is I because I, I don't want to spoil anything. Again, that was a uh, Dana Snyder as the alchemist. Yeah, yeah, uh, Master, Master Shake. Shake. Again, yeah. a guy you don't hear in a lot of stuff. But like the Venture Brothers clearly loves cartoons mm-hmm. and cast fam- like people famous for other cartoon voices. Uh, hence, this other person, uh, General Tracer, um, is Tracer. Ba- Tracer is a parody of both. Oh, yeah. If, if Nick Fury, well, uh, Nick Fury from Sh- if the old Nick Fury. And Cotton Hill had a baby. <laughs> it would be Jennifer, uh, General Trister, and he's being met here. This is not a comic reference by uh, the Hunter Thompson character, uh, but so I, and and it's kind of scene. a yeah. He's it's basically a combination of Shield and GI Joe. Is, they have a is helicarrier ISIS. and yeah. an OSI that. A uh, great but, G.I. Joe parody. Yeah, but OSI, yeah, all right. Let's just play. General! Gitchy Manitow! Look at that shiner! I'm all kinds of sorry, boy. What are you clowns doing here? Now, now, they're just being good soldiers. I gave them orders to restrain me whenever I have one of my fitting spells. What is it, sir? Your heart? Ah, this titanium ticker will still be beating out Semper Fidelis when there's nothing left of me but worm turds. Nothing! Who happening, Cripes! Didn't want you to have to see me this way. Guess the cat's out of the pajamas now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I might as well level with you. I'm a Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Love the has, way he says he's that. He's got peepee cancer. <laughs> <laughs> he's got peepee cancer. But he also refers to being a Hulk like it's a species. I'm a Hulk. <laughs> I'm a Hulk. I'm a Hulk. <laughs> I'm a cis Hulk. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I love that. Toby that's, it's Toby good. Huss. Yeah. Aren't he the strongest man in the world? He's also Cotton Hill and on a ton of Beavis and Butthead and uh, King of the Hill shit. And I'll just I'll, I'll conclude it all, um, hopefully, with this one. Because you, you, you sent this over my way, Henry. Um, just one of the characters talks about how much he loves Batman. And this is like an, yeah. an honest appraisal of people who think this, they like Batman. Mm-hmm. But this is from the end of season three. An here. assassin trying to kill Brock, but has made friends with Hank through their love of Batman. But now I must adieu. Wait, dude! What about Batman? You call yourself a Batman fan? He would never kill anybody. Seriously, ask yourself, what would Batman do? I have a confession, Hank. I only like the Batman because he has the best feelings. (laughs) He really does. He does, like, and that's why people love. That's why. That's why part of bad guys like Batman because they like like they don't love. The rules of Batman. They love the yeah, evil guy. The justice of Batman. But 
please watch Venture. If you haven't watched it before, holy shit, I can't believe this went 30 minutes. Yeah, this, Sorry, Angela. This is our PSA. Why are you apologizing for, to me? I don't know. Like, you should just, be apologizing to the audience. Uh, yeah, sorry, audience. If you like Venture Brothers, you had a great time. If you heard this and haven't watched it, just do. We'll include some links at the bottom so, of the page as podcast. Or if you hate the Venture Brothers, then maybe this is the show for you. Oh, yeah, then go away. Seriously. That's, that's, I don't, All right. Well, you, let's okay, I don't want to alienate How could you listen to this show and not like the Venture Brothers? It's impossible. I would be sad if you did. And yeah. not really go away. And if you don't, man, tell me why. Man. Yeah, maybe say it in the if comments for this week's episode. you're probably Tyler Wilde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you won't fir- listen to this show. So yeah, it's true. The first two seasons are on Netflix if you if you mm-hmm. want an easy way to find it. Though, I think if you like the first one, these are ones that the DVDs are totally worth it. They mm-hmm. put a ton of great stuff on it, including the commentaries are great. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's two mega nerds just like free free form just mm-hmm. saying ideas back at each other or just references like well this is like this guy from this thing I remember this like they barely talk about the show that's on and, like, th- and three of the fun. five boxes are my favorite DVD packaging of all time yeah, they the second one released on. with like because I used to buy when I had uh, disposable income I would buy old movie posters and most movie houses store them by folding them into quarters mm-hmm. and that's what the fir- the cover of the second season looks like the third season is an Atari game yeah. and the fifth season is a Hardy Boys cover Oh, and also the uh, for comic book, more comic book references, mm-hmm. the insert, I believe, of season two is original art by Bill Sienquez. Like, he's a famous uh, comic artist of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like, he had very, uh, especially for mainstream Marvel stuff, he had very abstract art. Mm-hmm. But he drew, like, Electra. He did a big Electra story with Frank Miller. And, like, they took it as a big... Big honor for them to to get wow. Bill Sienquez to do. I mean, they paid him to do it, but they no, because they, they do like usually that. include an insert in mm-hmm. every. And for a long time on Amazon, they there's I've had a pre order for a Dark Horse published Art of the Venture Brothers book, really, but it doesn't have a date on it yet. I I don't know what's going on. Well, with that, but. nothing does with those guys. But they're going yeah. to New York again, so mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see more of uh, Nathan Fillion's well, black. Well, after see, so records. after the mega special, mm-hmm. yeah. after the hour long special, it ended with a teaser of season six, mm-hmm. which tells me enough of season six exists for them to tease it that we'll actually get a season six soon. After that, who knows? I honestly prefer them to just cancel it if, if, than, than just say, I would, in two I, years you'll get more. I thought the same thing until I saw that finale, and it's like, you guys do whatever you want, yeah. whenever you want. Take as long as you Take want. Take as long as you want, just kind of don't stop. And that concludes Henry's That's right. Let's move on to the okay. question of the week. Last Let's week's start. question of the week uh, was... Sorry, i got to pull up my doc here. Um, blah, 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 blah. Sorry, just a sec. Oh, yeah. The last week's question of the week was, what new status quo change pissed you off the most? I got confused because the first one I saved was about Star Wars, and I was like, oh, wait, did I save the wrong thing? I I have all those Star Wars questions from last Mm -hmm. week. Um, But uh, the first one was, to the Matt Cave says... When Disney made the Star Wars Expanded Universe no longer canon and then started popping out books, comics, cartoons, and movies of their own as the new canon, that That, really upset me. That seems pretty shitty in that context. I really hope Marvel isn't rebooting their universe to make Star Wars a part of it. Oh my god. That feels like that should have been speculated somewhere else before. That notion blew my mind. Yeah, that, but uh, I get it. Yeah, they expanded you. But hey, those those stories still exist. The, mm-hmm. the, were you a Star Wars fan, and Ever? Of the movies, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't, like, read a lot of the books or anything. 
No expand. Okay. That's You're not a real geek girl. I have the yeah, I geek. the <laughs> giant comic book that they released. Which one's that? It's literally this big. Wow. But, uh, she's putting oh, nobody, her hand, she's pulling her arms it, way far large. apart away from the mic too. It's and very large. Uh, the artist formerly known as Keeper 13 says to answer the question of the week, sort of, mm-hmm. due to the general lack of comics on sale here in Portugal, I never really read a lot of superhero stuff and mostly stuck with Disney comics. Mm. However, every once in a while, my brother would give me Wizard magazine to read, and boy, was I confused when I found out Spider-Man revealed his secret identity and was actually a part of some weird spider cult. Uh, which kind of pissed me off. I mean, they changed his origin, and one of the things that made him special, the secret identity. Also, the Hulk was red for some reason. It's not the Hulk. It's a Hulk. That's a Hulk. When he's talking about the spider cult, I'm guessing he's referring to the other and other JMS Mm -hmm. stuff. The shit I saw in the Broadway musical? (laughs) <laughs> yes. Uh, Dr. Dr. Pepper says, I'm going film and saying the X-Men Days of Future Past. Oh. I'm not a real big fan of any singer handled the way Singer handled the franchise and most of the characters, but to wipe it all away and restart the prequel seems sloppy. Mm. Uh, then we've got Shin, the previously mentioned Shin. I had a conflicted fearing, feelings about Superior Spider-Man. I was down with the concept from the beginning. Despite my love for Peter Parker, by the end of Superior Run, I was conflicted about which Spidey I wanted to see more. Uh, me too. Really, I'm, really like Superior. I'm glad Peter is back, but a little more Otto would be nice too. Oh, no, excuse me. I hate Superior, but he's he's more fascinating to read. It was so... Yeah, I loved reading it just of like... Like that, he had this. Th- Peter Parker was like this super rare thing. Is like, what's mm-hmm. he gonna do? Is he gonna mess up the car? Mm-hmm. What's he? Gonna- <laughs> I was worried in that way. All right, I'm sorry. Most of these are Spider-Man, but uh, John Wahizel says the one that bothered me the most was One More Day. Easily, there were so many different ways that Marvel could have had. MJ and Peter's marriage undone, and they chose the stupidest way possible. Which is what uh, the devil, the devil, the de- they made a deal with the devil for no good reason to say to save an eighty-year-old woman. Like <laughs> that, that sounds so heartless to me. <laughs> but she was very old. Yeah. Like saying I'm, we can break up forever <laughs> if you can live six more months. I'm pretty much over it now. But man, I was extremely pissed off when that hot piece of garbage came out. Even seeing this panel irks me. And he has. <laughs> The panel, he inserted the panel of, like, when Mephisto's like, I want your love. I that's, want That's your our boy Johnny, marriage. author of the comic reviews on lasertimepodcast.com. And Moan for Stallone says, please don't judge me, but I have always been a closet ghostwriter fan. And couldn't wait yeah, to dive in into his new book. That quickly changed when I realized he, wa- he lost his motorcycle for car? A it's car. a different guy. It's Ghost Rider, not Driver. <laughs> He's Johnny Blaze is still in the comic. He comes in later. Does he? Is that still going? I yeah, never, it's I, still going. Oh, man, I love the first I issue like that. That's oh. the guy who drew uh, Luther Strode, But right? they changed yeah. the artist. Oh, yes. that didn't fuck they it. Ch- but, I mean, the art's still okay. It's not mm. as good. But oh, Also, Moan for Stallone says... Henry, would you object to a Blade versus Ghost Rider movie featuring Wesley Snipes and Nick Cage? Henry? Directed by Guillermo del Toro? Henry, you make this happen. That would be the... Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that would be a great direct-to-DVD film. You know what? Nick Cage would probably do it. (laughs) No, they both... Because what else is he doing? Let's kickstart this That Left Behind series is probably going great. Both of those guys are in desperate need of money to pay taxes. Yeah, they are both both arched by the IRS, uh, as it were. (laughs) And two more quick ones. Hitler, me, this Batman said... (laughs) 
Matt Fraction making Hawkeye cool. Yeah. He hated that reboot. Why? You, you need Hawkeye to be uncool? He's joking. Like, but it's funny that Hawkeye was not cool until Matt cool. Fraction. He was cool. Wrote about that one time he, uh, he banged Scarlet Witch when she had no memory. Yeah, that was <laughs> cool thing to nice. do. Yeah, it's super cool. Is that, and, it's not date rate, right? And lastly, annual gift man who lives on the moon mm-hmm. said... What? I said, Armin Tamzerian. <laughs> oh, that's... Ugh. That does hurt. All right. So... Simpsons reference, people. Thanks again for all your answers. And that was on the forums for mm-hmm. Laser Time Podcast and the comic discussion field. And this week's question of the week will be there, too. Mm-hmm. And that is, what are your four comics? Now, if you've done the tweet, you can just link to the treat, tweet. Or you can... Put it in, or you can make a new tweet and then link to it in there, or just put in your four comic issues. But mm-hmm. uh, again, this, these are the four comics that made an like that made you a fan of comics mm-hmm. that you remember as like these were the the comics that I uh, am so connected to as a kid that mm-hmm. pulled you in, or at least four comics that define a certain time of your life. And so, in mine, if I I uh, pulled up my mm-hmm. image of it uh, from my tweet of the first comic ones, it was. Amazing Spider-Man 363, which was the finale of the Carnage book and was the first real Spider-Man comic that mm-hmm. got me. I was I was a monthly purchaser of Amazing Spider-Man from that day on, mm-hmm. and it happened to line up with the 30th anniversary of Spider-Man. So there was a lot of reason to be excited about Spider-Man. That. Jesus, yeah, now he's fucking. 50. No, no, I just can't even understand like you being able to buy monthly comic. Like, let me get to my story. All I'm right, sorry. Uh, then. I had Adventures of Superman 501, a.k.a. the first appearance of 90s Superboy with his mm-hmm. fade, and I was a big fan of that character. Uh, then X-Men number one, the Chris Claremont and Jim Lee book that mm. everybody bought. It was a million-plus seller back then. And then lastly, Spider-Man number 16, Todd McFarlane's final issue on the book that was drawn widescreen, and you were meant to read it wide sideways. Mm. Like, those were all really awesome books, and uh, that got me... Excited at the concept of reading comics on a regular basis. Hmm. Either of you guys. I should because I I read. I was I was from about eight. I was reading a ton of comics. I couldn't have fucking afford like new comics Mm -hmm. on a monthly basis. I can't even imagine that. I had a I had a three dollar a week or a month allowance or something like that. Uh, So part of that part of that was I'm not kidding. Uh, I was given a bunch of Fantastic Four books, and you could find uh, certain... Of all the comics pre-trades, there was a lot of collected versions of Fantastic Four that I ended up getting my hands on. Mm. Uh, But I couldn't afford the new books. What I did is ended up trolling the used single-issue cabinets for like 10-cent, 50-cent comic books, and I would get a ton of them, and for some reason the Thing's solo run... It, I fell in love with the Fantastic Four, but I fell in love with the Thing because I read a con- wow. like his whole solo run. Yeah, uh, there I collected just by like going to used comic stores, uh, the bookshelf and the Cosmic Cat, Tallahassee people. Um, and Rom was also discounted <laughs> as fuck. Uh, Spider Man definitely drew me in, but uh, I'm trying to think. It might have been Mad Magazine that mm. introduced me to comics, and I do. I would be 1989, uh, the issue with Alfred E. Newman on a uh, ice raft that like. I was like, holy shit, this is the greatest medium that's ever existed. I'm going to create a club that's devoted to reading books with more pictures in it. And I did in school because, wow. I, because I love Mad Magazine. What a nerd. And, uh, uh, and? Archie. Nerd. Uh, Archie shit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I read it, I, that was my sexual awakening. I, I couldn't even form a proper boner. 
Betty was embarrassing. Or Veronica? Uh, uh, Betty, Jesus. Okay. Well, why is it even? A, yeah, I want the really stuck-up bitch who's not blonde. Oh, <laughs> ouch! Some people like Mean Girls. Amber I guess. Like, I guess, but <laughs> also she's rich. I mean, she's clearly down for whatever. But you, you marry the Betty. I like the. Uh, <laughs> I liked uh, that Veronica now, when they introduced the gay character, mm. that she's kind of just a fag hag, for lack of a better word, with mm. with Kevin Keller. Like that, that they're that they're good buddies now. Your people have expensive tastes. I am gay. <laughs> I can say that, guys. But you know that. Mm-hmm. And all right. So I, when I was a kid, I lived with my grandparents in a shitty little farm town. And there wasn't really a comic book store, but there were a lot of people who had yard sales fucking every week. So my first experience with a comic book Mm -hmm. was picking up an issue of Green Arrow. It was the Longbow Hunters arc where he's hunting a serial killer who's mm-hmm. killing prostitutes. <laughs> oh. I was, with a, with I was an arrow. seven years old. And this was <laughs> wow. this was like right as he abandoned the trick arrows, which would have mm-hmm. been like, oh my God, trick arrows to a seven-year-old kid. That's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But it was right as he abandoned those. So just the lethal ones? Yeah, uh, so it's just, it's just the real arrows. No boxing gloves. But this is also the one where... Black Canary is beaten and tortured nearly to death. Ooh. Anyway, I picked it up because I'm like, yeah. I love Robin Hood. <laughs> and so <laughs> I picked it up. And for whatever reason, I was hooked. So every weekend, I would go to these stupid garage sales and I would have like $5. Mm-hmm. And I would just grab whatever I could. So of the crap that I accumulated that I re- like distinctly remember getting into... Mm-hmm was a six-issue Venom series called Lethal Lethal Protector. Protector. And an issue of Iron Man where he fought Santa Claus. And on the cover, it's him punching Santa Claus. And it says, ho-ho, homicide. And it's one of my favorite issues of all time because of the cover. Venom in San Francisco in that? Which one? Venom in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. And then he ends up fighting with Spidey. With Spider-Man, Against... The other symbiotes, uh, wow. whose names I cannot remember. Shriek is the only one I remember. The the, the one like girl, a, yeah, who had the crazy symbiote hair. Well, that oh, we got to wrap this up. Holy crap! I guess Sorry, that's Anne. only three, but I'm sure there were there were others. It's just those were the three that that as a kid I got I I'm gonna got get and stuck with Jughead me. Double Digest. That's probably one of them. <laughs> sure. No, or is that just me? No, it was probably uh, a Spider-Man comic. To be honest, I uh, actually no JSA. It I've was a JSA. always said that picking up because I had to pick up comics cheap. Like trying to pick. Up, I already liked these characters, Iron Man's and your X-Men's, but a lot of the comics were like too much for me to really read. And something mm-hmm. about Spider-Man being a kid and speaking like a kid and not in Shakespearean soliloquies really immediately yeah. like bonded me to the book. I can honestly say that up until I found Green Arrow, mm-hmm. I don't think I knew shit about comic book characters. Mm-hmm. No no Superman. I grew up with my grandparents in what? a tiny farm town full of, uh, oh, full of shitty white farm kids. Here's a new issue of Little Abner. Really, but like, that's why Abner. I watched so much fucking Johnny Quest. It was the only cartoon that wow. my grandpa liked. Wow, well, I think he had to know, catch on to that when he was like forty. <laughs> you know, I think it helps me too that the well, I really got into Spider Man because when I got when I started reading him, it was right when he had the thirtieth anniversary. So mm. 
Basically, every issue I was reading for two months straight was this celebration of Spider-Man and just a long history lesson. Like, here's Spider-Man's entire history. Here's I, why it's cool. I do have a really dumb specific issue that I didn't mention. Mm-hmm. That Because Brett and I have talked, like, I, I was reading comics, and Brett and I have mentioned that, that like, Marvel cards sort oh, yeah. of helped us explore the whole universe. And our library, I got I liked Archie so much because our public library carried a ton of Archie and, like, no Marvel. Uh, but one of the things I got from there was the Fantastic Four roast. Um, <laughs> I believe with the Watcher as the roast that, master. Yeah. But it it it's it was one of those things like the cards clued me into this giant universe that like was never in the individual comics that I read, but like corresponded with other things I knew about the universe. And like, mm-hmm. holy shit, this is all happening all the time. This is great. The Fantastic yeah. Four roast. All right. So in the car co- of not sorry in. Uh, the forum on LaserTimePodcast.com in the comic discussions. Answer what your four comics would be. You can even do the tweet. Check out in the hashtag, too, and, and just name your four comics or link to the tweet in the post on the site. And we'll read our favorites next time on the show. All right, so I guess that's the end, uh, and it's time for some plugs. Laser Time, told you about it earlier. Uh Best animated films based on uh, TV cartoons. Way rarer than you think. Super fun. Uh, getting a lot of compliments for it. Please share it with a friend. We've got a bunch of great episodes coming. And yes, comic fans, next week, try and guess which uh, actor or actress we have from Captain America Winter Soldier <laughs> on Laser Time. That totally Good happened. Luck. This really happened. Yep, really happened. You guys hear it here first. This it, is not a joke. It has been recorded. Mm-hmm. It, you will hear it. Like, um... Uh, also, there's Cheap Popcast, the pro wrestling show. We just had the Royal Brand Rumble. Brand new this week, seeing the praises of Royal Rumble. Yeah, and the best, Roman the best pay per view of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's Video also Game Apocalypse. Yeah. It was fun. Anne wasn't on it, unfortunately. I was not. But she's um, regularly on it. And then Video Game or VG Empire, also mm-hmm. the video game music podcast. There's so many great things you can listen to, guys. And I'll have an article up about um, the how we got to the top ten. Uh, animated films. I'll show you how we did it and we can read some more and see some clips. Please check it out. Yeah. Share it. Laser Time Show on Facebook and Twitter. Love it. Mm-hmm. YouTube.com slash Laser Time Network. Who knows if the Japan get, videos get a little more views? Maybe I'll bother finishing the other ones, but you know, as they are, I'd rather work on other things that people are going to see. So it's up to you guys. Keep watching it. Tell your mm-hmm. friends if you want to see more. Oh, and we streamed Grim Fandango and uh, us with a side of Fibbage. Um, on our uh, youtube.com slash laser time network okay so until next oh i'm sorry i'm so sorry (laughs) and please uh i'm at bdr and lewis on twitter and hit me up if you want to talk about green arrow butts or hellblazer (laughs) or butts in hellblazer and i'd like to talk about butts in hellblazer (laughs) i could do that what is the most evil butt in hell we'll get into this on twitter yeah we'll talk about this uh and and i'm on bga sometimes yeah yeah All right, so until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!